Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the at-home edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright lights. We'll it's a nice guest, author of Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert, Dr. Erica Elliott. Night sky. Look at the night sky with the stars and Musical guest, Marina Joyce. I am Mark Leisure, and now our host, the MC, the Master of Change, Filippo Voltaggio. I feel like I spent the weekend on a reservation with the Navajo people. Like I've gotten to know them uh, in a way, coming from somebody who could uh, share in a way that maybe only she can. And right away, as I was reading her book, uh, I was feeling like here is somebody who has the medicine inside of her. And, and, and that, I mean that in many different ways. And that she is practicing the medicine through her life, through her life experience, through her practice as a medical doctor, through her teachings, and in her book, as she's now sharing her medicine with uh, the audience that will read uh, this book. And I trust many, many, many people will, will get the medicine that is within this book and the wisdom that she's sharing. So I am excited that she's going to be with us. And it was um, very interesting that when I was speaking with her publicist and I said, uh, this is the date that we're looking for. And she said uh, something that I wasn't expecting. She said, well, I, let me check because she is still a practicing doctor. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, truly uh, amazing. Uh, and and uh, speaking of truly amazing, a, another doctor, <laughs> Dr. Joan Borisenko, uh, wrote this in the foreword of the book that I couldn't agree with more. Spirituality, our deepest sense of meaning and connection, is the sturdy fiber from which Erica's stories of mystery and medicine are spun. Sometimes we need herbal or pharmaceutical medicine, a good ER, surgery, acupuncture, or a new diet to help us heal. But connection is the most powerful medicine of all. The thread of love that binds us together is the warp um, on which uh, this memoir uh, – what, what did I miss? The thread of love that binds us together is the Warp on which this memoir, as beautiful and intricate as any Navajo rug, is so skillfully woven. And so I can't wait to get into this conversation with our guest, Dr. Erica Elliott, and a little later on, a wonderful conversation and music with our performance artist, uh, Erica Joyce, all uh, Marina Joyce, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. 
transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to The Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome, L.A., on the BBS Radio Network, with your host, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. You can hear tonight's show and all our past shows on our archive page at lifechangesshow.com, which include luminaries such as comedian Michael Collier, actress Gabriella Wright, performing artist James Hood, and author Ken Honda. Email your comments and questions to info at lifechangesnetwork.com, or AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. You can also comment via Twitter at LifeChangesShow and Facebook at The Life Changes Show. This is The Life Changes Show at Home Edition. I am Filippo Voltaggio. This is our episode 675 titled Wisdom, Medicine, and Miracles of the Navajo People. I am online with our co-host and producer, Mark Lejour. I couldn't be more excited for our show and for what we're bringing to our listeners. I, you know, with all the, the, the craziness going on these days, the answers, people looking around for answers and, and, and asking more and more questions, yet the, the wisdom has been here and the opportunity to look backwards in order to to move forward is uh, has never been more prevalent. I couldn't agree more. She is a board certified doctor in both family practice and environmental medicine. She is a lecturer and an author, uh, the author of Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert. She's so much more an adventurer. I could go on and on, but let's bring her on. Welcome to the show, Dr. Erica Elliott. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So happy to have you on the show and to get to to meet you and share you with our audience. And, you know, it's funny how I was uh, I read one part of that quote twice just to make sure I said it right, because I wanted it right for the radio. And then I chuckled to myself afterwards saying, here I am wanting to make sure that I'm saying the English word right. You were practicing medicine with the Navajo people in 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 their language, or at least when you started trying to speak their language. Yes, I did. That was the key for me to get entree deep into Navajo life and culture. They invited me into their ceremonies and into their hearts. And it all started with me trying desperately to make some kind of contact because they were so reserved, so shy, so uh, used to being um, harshly judged by white people. And when I started struggling to learn their extremely difficult language, 
they were so moved that the whole their whole world opened to me and they treated me with such great kindness and enthusiasm and i i realized that so much so many white people have just ridiculous stereotype views of native americans i got to see who they really are it was just life changing for me and this all started with me reaching out by trying to step in their shoes trying to see the world through their eyes trying to speak their language and that's when the miracle started happening so you're starting uh, you're trying to speak their language uh it, it certainly got their attention i it seems like it's your heart your intuition, your care, and uh, your interests of, of really being of service, that was what got you in. Uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing what you were able to be privy to, and, and the fact that you could share with us in a way that we could understand, because it's, there's so much wisdom here for the ages, from the ages and for the ages that you are sharing. Yeah, it's what what I witnessed, what I experienced was so profound that, and this was 50 years ago when the Navajo people were still very traditional. And I kept a detailed diary about what I was experiencing because it's so far from normal uh, white people's reality. And then uh, when people read it, they said, you, you have to turn this into a book. And I said, no way, because, because I didn't think anybody would believe me because it was nothing like anybody uh, mainstream had ever experienced, ever. And, and so I, I was worried they just uh, not believed anything that I said, because it is hard to believe if you don't really know deeply about what goes on in that culture. And so finally I matured and didn't care what people, uh, if they believed me or not, all I cared about was telling the truth. But I was too deep into medicine. I was working all the time to think about writing a book. And finally, when I saw things were getting so bad in our culture, the divisiveness and hatred of different cultures and races and skin colors and stuff, I thought, I, I have to write this book. This is a healing book. This is a book for our times. And um, so I found a way. I, I would be very tired at the end of the day, but I would start sitting down to write. And it was almost like I was plugged into some energy-producing socket coming out from I, the universe or something, electrifying me to have the energy in the late evening to to write and so this book was written fairly quickly because well most of it was already written in my diary so uh, it was just a matter of assembling things and getting the photographs and stuff but um i i felt it was urgent to get this book out so the book is called medicine and miracles in the high desert my life among the navajo people a sacred planet book and uh, we are speaking with Dr. Erica Elliott. And, and I, the, the part of the medicine is, is 
is in the the reading of this story as we go through the trials and tribulations and the ups and the downs and the the oh my gods um and then uh and uh it's interesting that there was a prophecy about you and that you are living this prophecy uh i i don't know if you share it that way but uh you know what i'm talking about yes i do so what happened is just to say briefly, because it's a whole big story, but um, I went one weekend uh, by myself into a remote wilderness area in southern Utah where it was no habitation for miles and miles. I was way off any road. I was with my Jeep. Um, I was 40 miles out of um, away from pavement. If my car had broken down, I would have died. But when you're young, you don't think of about those things um being stranded and and um dying in the desert but i so anyway i i um stopped and and it was starting to get evening and i saw this beautiful pool of water surrounded by gorgeous rock formations it was out of this world it was so mm-hmm. gorgeous and um i took off all my clothes and i sat in this sort of natural cistern and watch the sun go down <clears throat> and then as it started to cool off i got out and just air dried myself and put my clothes back on and <clears throat> and set myself up for the night i put a pad on the flat red rock and then my sleeping bag on top and it was a full moon and i <laughs> i was so blissed out on being in nature i'm i'm a total nature girl I started singing to the moon until I finally fell asleep. And at some point in the night, I had a very vivid dream. It it was so vivid, it was like real life. And I dreamed that I was in um, a corral with a Navajo family, and we're rounding up the billy goats to remove them from the other goats so they wouldn't impregnate the female goats because it wasn't the right time of year. And I, I, the billy goats smell so strongly when they want to mate. It's almost unbearable. It's so, so acrid, the smell. And that's what I was smelling in my dream. It, it was almost, um, it, it felt really, um, like, like it was real, like something real was happening. The smell was so strong. It woke, it woke me up. And, I realized this is not a dream. I'm not in a dream. I'm awake. And right then I heard a sniffing. I opened my eyes and two inches from my face was a mountain lion. I could see him in the full moon, his tawny face, his black whiskers. He was sniffing me. I I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I, I, I could barely breathe. I didn't move. I was paralyzed with fright, and that's probably what saved me. Um, And um, I kept my eyes shut till long after the sun came up. I was so frightened. And when I opened them, of course, there were no tracks because this was on sandstone. But as I stuffed my sleeping bag into, into its sack, that acrid odor of male pheromones went up my nose. So I knew it was a male sniffing me. And it just made the hair on the back of my neck, Mm. forearm, stand up. It was so chilling. 
And I wondered why he didn't rip me apart and eat me. And I, 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 I was so obsessed now with mountain lions that I went uh, and drove two hours to Gallup, New Mexico, to the library and checked out books on mountain lions, trying to find out more about what was going on and why he didn't rip me apart. And, and most people just said, it's because you didn't move. They like things that move. And I thought, there's more to this than that. I don't know what's going on here, but I dreamed about mountain lions every night after that. And I kept dreaming that this mountain lion was trying to tell me something. And so I told my teacher aide about what happened. And she said, there was another Navajo teacher aide who had a grandmother deep in the canyon who could tell me what it meant. So we went in into the canyon and I meet, met this very old Navajo grandmother, all wizened up, full of wrinkles, smoking a corncob pipe. <laughs> and and she and uh, the the Navajo teacher aide spoke in Navajo. I was just learning Navajo then, so it's, I still needed translation. And um, told the grandmother what happened, and the grandmother answered, and this is the translation, that lion came to you because he's your spirit guide, and he, he came to give you his strength, courage, and perseverance, because that's what you're going to need. You're going to face some very serious uh, um, life-threatening challenges, and if you survive, you will have powerful medicine to give to the people. Mm. And years later, her prophecy came true. I became a doctor, and I was mainstream doctor, which was not really my true calling in life, because that was just like what the Navajos call the white doctors, a zefini, which means he who gives out pills. And I, I just realized that mainstream, that kind of medicine was not really my purpose in life. That I had a bigger purpose in life than just do lots of tests and give pills. I, I had my whole thing was actually helping people heal and doing it with love and kindness and empathy, all the things that I learned in my long journey searching for my purpose. And so then I had these uh, couple life threatening disasters, just like the Navajo grandmother said, and it forced me off that. A golden path in medicine, which was so unrewarding in, in terms of my soul. I felt so empty practicing med medicine that way. It's completely empty. And so the, these horrible accidents forced me to um, uh, get out of mainstream. And I, so this disaster turned into the best thing that had it was a portal that led me into practicing in a whole different way that was totally in alignment with my soul and what I had learned all the things that I'd learned so I could really help people and before before I knew it I had too many patients and they came from all over the country and even some came from Europe and this is without advertising and so it was like the grandmother's prophecy came true. Fortunately, I wrote it down in my diary, and there it was, exactly what she said. And those accidents almost killed me, just like she said. She said, if you survive, then you will have powerful medicine to bring to the people. 
uh, accidents, uh, people uh, <laughs> threatening to kill you. Uh, uh, the the story just uh, just keeps evolving, and 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 even before the the whole Navajo experience, you were leading expeditions, right? It's yeah. interesting you say. You're you're a nature girl, and so uh, I don't know what that conjures up in in the listener's mind. But um, <laughs> the the juxtaposition: you grew up in this big, beautiful house in Connecticut, in New, ha- New Hampshire, <laughs> New Hampshire. Okay, and you studied in Italy. You studied art, fine art, and you studied in uh, was it Switzerland and France? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ended up herding sheep. <laughs> That's choosing I to. Want, I wanted to get fluent in Navajo, and I wanted to live like a real traditional Navajo. And so I was with uh, uh, grandparents of my boyfriend, and um, I, I said I wanted to herd their sheep. They thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their life—a <laughs> white girl herding sheep for a Navajo family. And so I, uh, I learned an awful lot that summer herding sheep. I not only learned about the sheep and and um, herding sheep and shearing sheep and castrating sheep and carding the wool and spinning the wool with a drop spindle, just like they did in 1700s, and and uh, we, dyeing the wool with the herbs and weaving and making fry bread and mutton stew. And I even, they taught me how to butcher sheep. That that was oof, really <laughs> emotionally hard for me to do. But um, they were trying to make me into a good Navajo wife for their son, even though I, I made it very clear I did not want a husband. I was not looking for a husband. They, 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 they didn't pay any attention to that. And I told their son they've got to tell he's got to tell his parents I'm I, I'm not don't want to get married. And so they still felt like they had to teach me everything to be a good Navajo woman, even though I'm white. You know, this, you said they tried to, to teach you and, and tell you and all that. And it just throughout the whole book, it, it just seems like, well, throughout the life experiences that we live reading the book with you, it seems like life was trying to tell you or teach you or like there was a guiding uh, guidance throughout your whole life. I feel that way from the start. I, I was very mixed up in college and um, that actually was a blessing too because it forced me to see a uh, psychiatrist who in those days, they really practiced real psychiatry. They really tried to talk to their patients. They didn't just give you pills and say, come back in a month and we'll readjust your pills. But that's the way they do it now. I mean, this was an amazing, he was a black man who was trained in uh, University of Zurich. He was the first black psychiatrist ever to graduate in Switzerland. And and um, <clears throat> he he... He helped me solve my problems by just listening to me. I'd never been listened to before, like with such total attention and caring and non-judgment. And I was able to solve my own problems, just having him hold the space for me. Mm. And that allowed me to get in touch with my inner compass and, and find out who I really was. So I had to become my authentic me 
before I could set out on my journey to find my purpose. So he played a huge role in launching me um, in finding who who I really am and who I who I discovered I was is not who I thought I was and not who I was told I was as a child. And so that that started me on my journey and my journey. I just followed my inner compass. And even though I couldn't explain why I wanted to go to the uh, work with the Navos, why I wanted to go to the Andes and doing the Peace Corps, why I wanted to do this and that, I said, I don't know. But my this is what my inner compass is telling me to do. And it turns out all those things that I did helped me become a better doctor. Hmm. I'm getting a distinction between the inner compass and and what uh, our fears might tell us to do like for example when you first got to the reservation you might have the the way you wanted to to leave and not stay long but there was a compass along with your dad who gave you some advice right that's right i at first i i didn't like it there i I, the kids didn't talk to me i I didn't understand the culture at all and i got no orientation from the school nothing and the White teachers hated it there. They're just, and they're old. And I was 23. They're about 56. And they're just waiting to get their government check and retire. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really see the beauty of the land. I, I hadn't, my eyes weren't trained that way. Uh, you know, I'd come from the East Coast. And uh, I, after a week, I said, I'm, I'm, I told my father I'm coming home. And he said, no, you, you've just been there a week you know, why don't you stay there three months? And, and because you can't tell anything about a people, a culture, uh, their land, nothing in, in a week. And so what, what happened right after that phone con- uh, conversation where he urged me to stay for at least three months, something miraculous happened. That next day, my teacher aide, who was very, they're very, shy the traditional navas she actually spoke up and she said i see how hard you're trying to relate to the students and i want to help you you're very different from the other white teachers the other white teachers don't care about the students and the students know it and i can tell you really you're really trying so i'm going to teach you a few words of navajo and that they were it was really hard she she taught me how to say good morning my students my name is miss elliot what's your name and where do you live and and navajo is the hardest language in the world that's why it's a code that was never broken in world war ii and my teacher aide's father was a very famous code talker carl gorman and so she had lived on military bases so she spoke english fluently knew the white world completely, and she was a traditional Navajo at the same time. So she was the ideal teacher aide. So she she taught me these things. And I, the next morning, I went into the class. They all had their heads looking down. And um, I said, And everybody looked up in total shock. Like, <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. And then one girl put her hand over her mouth and started laughing. And then everybody burst out laughing. And that was the very beginning of an incredible love affair between me and the students. Everything mm-hmm. changed from that moment on. Mm-hmm. Well, it 
that the change was miraculous and you got to experience some miracles that I know that you share in the book. I'm hoping when we come back, you'll share uh, a miracle with us uh, that you can share uh, that we could uh, to learn from uh, your experience. Also, we got to hear you speak in Navajo. I uh, <laughs> would love to hear you speak a little more. So stay tuned. I'm, I'm sure she'll uh grace us with a little bit of that the book speaks so much to uh to our hearts to our souls to our history to our future how we treat each other how we treat people how people treat themselves and and within community and and about community too i don't know if we'll have time but i would love for Dr. Elliot to speak about community as well. So let's see how much we get to get in when we come back with Dr. Elliot. In the meantime, I want to let everybody know that the book is available on her website, also where books are sold online, Amazon, etc. Erica Elliot MD.com. Erica E-R-I-C-A Elliot E-L-L-I-O-T-T M-D.com. And once again, medicine and miracles in the high desert. We're going to have our Ask Dorothy segment as well after our interview. And then our performance uh, uh, segment with Marina Joyce, all on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. You are listening to the Life Changes Show, live from Vortex Dome LA, with your host, Filippo Voltaggio. You can visit us online at lifechangesshow.com, via Twitter Life Changes Show and Facebook at Life Changes Show. This is Filippo, and I'm excited that we have a Dr. Erica Elliott on the show. We've called this uh, episode 675 Wisdom, Medicine, and Miracles of the Navajo People because of our guest and her book, Medicine and Miracles in the High Desert. My life among the Navajo people. Uh, I, I I don't get the opportunity and and the pleasure a lot of times to read all the book uh, for all of our guests from cover to cover. This one I just had to because uh, it kept drawing me in the stories of the experiences and the learnings. 
And so I am very grateful to get to talk with the author, and I'm excited to know there are many more books to come. That is correct, isn't it, Dr. Elliot? Yes, there's going to be three more memoirs. And 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 so uh, as I was uh, finding that out, I thought, oh my gosh, how many more stories? What else happened to her? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I, I, I was in the Peace Corps and I I um, <clears throat> had an amazing experiences there, too, to tell you the truth. And I I joined an all male climbing club on the weekend. They, they didn't allow women, but they made an exception for me. And I became like a mascot for them. And they taught me everything they knew about uh, high altitude climbing glaciers and ice walls and things like that. And pretty soon i i became really good at it and how i hung in there and did it is because i kept thinking about the navo grandmother's prophecy that i had to make myself strong in mind and body because quote i was going to face some life-threatening challenges and that i might not survive so i had no idea what she was talking about but that's the only thing i remembered from what i wrote down in my diary about these challenges. So I thought, my God, I better I better learn how to make myself really tough and strong in mind and body. And um, it turns out that all that would be useful for what I would face in the future. Mm. And so I ended up becoming uh, a quite an accomplished mountaineer. I, I did a first ascent on a, a peak that had never been climbed before. On a, on a mountain called Sinchalawa. They named the peak, the unclimbed peak, Pico Erika Elliot. And, oh, then wow. I, and then I was the first American woman to reach the summit of the highest mountain in the Western Hemisphere called Aconcagua. It's 23,000 feet. Oh. And it had been climbed by, um, by a few, a, a handful of other women, um, but I was the first American woman. And and then I went on to lead an all-women's expedition after my first year of med school to the top of Mount McKinley, Denali in Alaska. And and I taught Outward Bound. I taught rock climbing and wilderness survival for Outward Bound. So I had a very, very full life before I went into medicine, which is really fortunate because then I could use everything I learned to be a better doctor and also when you go into medicine, it so consumes you that you don't really have a chance to do all these other things. It, it, you become very focused on, on this one area. And it gave me a chance to grow up. Many of, many of my classmates in medical school, they didn't know much about life because they'd gone straight through. And, um, and so when you're dealing with patients with some very deep issues, uh, you need to have some life experience to be of real help to them in terms of dispensing some sort of wisdom instead of just giving them pills. Mm. Mm. Well, it seems like everything you've done in your life, you've done it unconventionally and <laughs> a, or maybe even in a way that nobody else or very few people have done and and so you have gotten to well, and and actually even 
putting this book out, though you've done some very dangerous things uh, and have lived to tell, this this can be emotionally dangerous to put yourself out like this. And I actually thought about starting the interview by saying, I believe you, Erica, I believe you. Thank you very much, Filippo. Grazie, Filippo. Prego. And speaking of, tell us, uh, unfortunately in short order, but people could get the book to, to learn of more miracles. Uh, of of an a miracle of a miracle an example of of what you referred to as as miracle. Okay, there were so many of them. I'm just going to randomly pick one. They are all mind blowing. But th- I'm going to tell you my first biggest mind blowing experience. I was invited by a Navo family that said that uh, they had adopted me, not literally, but. They mm-hmm. wanted me to call them by relational terms. That's how they show affection in the Navajo cultures, by calling somebody my brother or my grandfather. So that means they really like you. And um, because relationships in the Navajo culture are the most important thing there is in this world. And um, <clears throat> so, so my Navajo mother... Uh, um, she said she'd like to invite me to um, the Native American church, which was peyote ceremonies. They don't use the word peyote. They they called it um, plant medicine. And she, she wanted me to experience that. And uh, they don't use it for recreation at all. In fact, the road man, which is the medicine man, condemns use of it that way. It's all for... Um, spiritual work and healing work. And uh, when she invited me, I I didn't really know much about peyote and all this stuff. And I was a little scared because I knew it was going to alter my mind somehow. And uh, that seemed a bit scary to me, but, um, but I wanted to, I had a sense of adventure. So I wanted to see what it was all about. I was very curious to see what they do in there. And so she told me I had to take off all my white man's clothes and dress like a Navajo. And she put my hair in the Navajo knot with the yarn around it. And I had a satin skirt and a velvet blouse and all the tons of jewelry and everything, the turquoise. I mean, I looked like <laughs> I looked like I was ready for a Navajo prom. I looked really <laughs> dressy. And so um, uh, my we, we filed in. And sat on the ground, on the dirt, under on our blankets. And she sat next to me. And it was all in Navajo. Occasionally I'd hear the word Jesus as they were praying and stuff. But it's basically Navajo. And I was just learning Navajo then. I could only say, like, um, how are you? Where do you live? How many sheep do you have? In other words, not very much mm-hmm. at all. It was so hard. And I'd only been there for about... Um, a month or or so and um and and so she said don't worry you know um I'll tell you what's going on and everything she whispered to me and so we don't have time to say how it was all set up and everything so I'll just make this brief and so um during the ceremony um we were praying for a baby a sick baby and I I I was so uh, intrigued watching the baby get well during the ceremony. The baby had a fever, lots of mucus, fussy, crying, and copper-colored skin because it, it was uh, so feverish. 
his skin looked red, like reddish, copper colored. And um, so I kept my eye on that baby. And while they're praying all night and stuff, and I took the peyote in three different forms and the tea in the powder and then chewed, chewed on the bud. And um, it tasted awful. I thought I was going to throw up. And she said, uh, you know, it's okay if you throw up. That's the evil coming out. And I didn't want anyone to know I was evil. So I, <laughs> I oh. choked back on them. I tr tried desperately not to vomit. And, and um, anyway, so I, I really felt the effects of, of it. And, um, and so they, part of the prayers was to use hand-rolled uh, tobacco made from herbs that were gathered on the San Francisco peaks, which is now a ski area, sadly. But so, and then you inhale, exhale, and then you pray, and then you pass it on. And so it came to my Navajo mother, she said a prayer, and she handed me the hand-rolled cigarette, and she said in English, just pass it on. And I don't know what possessed me, but I did not pass it on. I inhaled, exhaled, and then I started to pray in Navajo, mm. a prayer I'd never heard before. And as I was praying in Navajo, I was saying to myself at the same time, I was having like a dialogue at the same time, I was saying, wow. This couldn't possibly be real. I'm hallucinating. There's no way I can pray in Navajo. And while I was praying fluently in Navajo, some very complicated prayer. And, and then I handed, handed it to the next person. And then came the water drum. It's a metal drum full of water with a hide stretched over it. So the sound with the, the drumming sounds ethereal. It sounds like really otherworldly. And you sing a healing song. And the grandma, my Navajo mother did that. And then she, she passed it to me and said, pass it on in English. <laughs> and I did not pass it on. And I started drumming. And I started singing. Hey, nay, young, hey, nay, yo. I started singing a Navajo prayer song that I never heard before in my life. Mm. And again, I thought, Wow. This this feels like real life, but there's no way it can be. It's just this this peyote is really strong. I must be completely uh, stoned, and uh, so I passed it on, and then more praying and stuff. And gradually the peyote wore off, and the sun came up, and we filed out, and we kneeled down and touched the ground with our forehead. We fanned ourselves with the peyote fan, and then we went into the little cinder block house where some of the women had been up all night making a nice breakfast for us. We, they had a sheet on the floor. We sat on the floor and there was mutton stew and fry bread and canned peaches. And there was about <clears throat> 25 people there um, to eat breakfast. And the road man was at the head of the, where people were sitting. And he started talking to me in Navajo like nonstop looking right at me right into my eyes and I, I was so felt so awkward because I couldn't understand a word he was saying not not single word and and then I I, I felt 
so awkward. I, I finally blurted out, you know, you know, I, I don't really speak Navajo. I, I don't really know what you're saying. And everybody burst out laughing. And then the, the roadman said, you sure talked up a storm last night. And, <laughs> and so it really happened. So now people say mm. to me when I give talks, they say, well, how do you explain that? And I mean, I could make up something, but if I'm being completely truthful, mm. I don't have a clue. Mm. I mean, there are people in the audience who are quantum physicists, and they say that all the information ever you, is out there. You just, we just don't have access to it, and the peyote um, made it accessible to you to draw. And somebody else would say you were a Navajo in your previous life. Actually, the Navos used to tell me that they they named me Asatlachi, which means Navajo woman with red skin, meaning they called me a red skin because I was sunburned all the time. But they would say that that I had a Navajo heart. And so so but anyway, the bottom line is I, I don't have a clue how that happened. I, I, I really I don't. But I did learn Navajo. Uh, faster than they'd said nobody had really learned Navajo like that. And so I, I thought, what's going on here? It's Hence the name of the book, <laughs> Medicine <laughs> and Miracles in yeah. the High Desert. My yeah. life among the Navajo people. It's so great to hear you tell the story, even though I had read that one in the book. And you could uh, read the details that uh, Dr. Elliot wasn't able to add to the story here for the show. Uh, th as a matter of fact, there is so much that we could learn from her. And she offers uh, podcasts and uh, magazine articles and radio shows, webinars, Zoom sessions. You can find that all on her website. Go to ericaelliotmd.com, E-R-I-C-A-E-L-L-I-T-I-O, I'm sorry, uh, Erica, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-M-D.com. Oh, can I interrupt, Filippo? And that is... Um... They can find a lot of stuff on my blog site, too. That might be more productive. It's musingsmemoirandmedicine.com, musings with an S. And they'll find all sorts of interesting things, excerpts from my memoirs and medical posts about information they can't, they won't get from their regular doctor. I do it as a public service. Oh. So they might find that really, really useful. I do it for all the people who want to see me, and I've, I've turned away thousands of people because it's just me, and I have 1,200 patients. So so on that other website that you cited, Erica Elliott, MD, it's inactive because I'm not taking new patients anymore. Oh, so oh, okay. you'll, learn, you'll learn a lot about me, but um, but not about the book. And um, yeah, the book is available on Amazon and Inner Traditions. But I just think your listeners would really enjoy the blog posts a lot. I'm glad you said that. So musingsmemoirandmedicine.com. Musingsmemoirandmedicine.com. Oh, yes. Musingsmemoirandmedicine.com. And then, uh, of course, she's also available on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, find her and, and, on, and on YouTube. Uh, we have gone over time, but uh, if, if you would please uh, read uh, or share the prayer 
uh, as we close uh, okay. the prayer in, in, uh, in, Navajo. in Navajo. Okay, so to, here's to your listeners. I'm, I'm going to channel, so to speak, a medicine man. I, I mean, hit the spirit, what I mean, not literally. And it's a prayer walking in beauty. The Navajos call beauty way, and it doesn't mean cosmetic beauty. It's a way of, it's their culture that you remain in harmony with yourself, with your family, with your clan, with all the animals and all of nature, all of the environment. And when you're out of harmony, you get sick. And so this is a prayer and it's, may you walk in beauty, beauty before you, beauty behind you, and beauty all around you. So here it is. <clears throat> That's the prayer. Thank you so much, Dr. Erica Elliott. What a pleasure. I look forward to so much more. I hope, so I much. hope we are our paths cross again, Filippo. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. I do too. And, and I'm sure they will. Until then. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Hakone. Hakone, Shakis. Whoa. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Marsha in Los Angeles. I've been a life coach for over 20 years, and those who have paid attention and followed my advice have become extremely successful. I've started wondering if there are a very limited number of life issues and challenges because I have noticed that I am repeating the exact same advice over and over again. And recently, I have begun to question why many of my clients have succeeded greatly while I often find myself struggling with day-to-day -day life. What's going on? Dear Marsha, thanks for this awesome question. Years ago, I had a client who came to me once a week for a year. And I heard myself tell her the same thing each time she was with me. I would ask her why she couldn't hear me and take action when she would agree with me about my advice. She would just smile and say that she obviously needed to hear it again. After a year of repeating myself, I told her that it would be good for her to find another life coach, and she never came back. I laugh now because it took me way too long to understand that the advice I was repeating over and over was actually the very advice I needed to hear myself and to take action on. I'm sharing this with you, dear Marcia, as I intuit that this could be very true for you in your situation. So you might want to take some time to review the advice you have given that has helped so many and determine if there are some actions that, if taken by you, might lead to greater personal success. I look forward to hearing what advice you've been giving that helps you move forward. Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guest, singer-songwriter Marina Joyce on the Life Changes Show at Home Edition right after this. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. 
There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. Life Changes Show is a premier radio show presented by the Life Changes Network, which is a company whose team has dedicated their lives not only to positive change, but to helping others observe and embrace, honor, and even celebrate their own changes, thus enabling a more positive, inspired life and helping to create a more positive and inspired world. From everyday people, celebrities, corporate giants, and children, we are here to help and to serve with heart, integrity, and experience we bring our message and positive intent into your lives through the Life Changes Show, LifeChangesNetwork.com, and through guest appearances on other inspiring shows and events. If you wish to learn more about Life Changes Life Coaching, a private consultation with one of us, corporate or live event appearances, or if you would like us to appear on your radio or TV shows, please email us at info at LifeChangesNetwork.com. We're back, and our featured performance guest is a singer, a songwriter from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to Marina Choice to the Life Changes Show. Hi. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so great to have you. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking both of you, our guest and, and you, uh, came to this the, their life's work and potentially your music later on in life after you had done so many things. In your case, a lot of things, including dance. Yeah, that's where it started for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, so how did, does it go from dance to I'm going to write a really cool song and sing it for the <laughs> sing it for the world. I was definitely fortunate enough to be um, invited into a mentorship group that kind of shaped how my songwriting, how I learned that I was a songwriter. Um, but I had always been writing, and so as much as the title came to me after this kind of opportunity that I had to kind of expose myself in that way. Um, I, I've learned that I've always been a songwriter. I just wasn't aware that I was writing songs. Hmm. Were, were you, uh, so, so what were you doing? Were you writing poetry? Were you just <laughs> keeping it in your head, dancing it out? What were you doing? Mostly dancing it out for sure. But <laughs> I was, uh, I was writing anything and everything, stories, poems, um, any, really anything, journal entries, um, constantly writing all the time. I'm just curious, when you're now knowing that you're writing a song, do you see choreography with it? <laughs> Not to my, <laughs> that's a fair question. Not to my own songs, but 
I definitely still have the pull um, to create that way every once in a while as well. How interesting. How interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you, uh, along with the dancing, you have a very rich life with children and, and work Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, so much community and all of that. And so how, um, how, how is music, it fit in <laughs> how do you well, fit I, I think that music um is is just part of the community it's part of mm. kind of the way that everything moves and rotates in my in my little world over here so i think it it would be i would be lost without it it, mm. I, it just sort of is part of a piece of the puzzle i guess mm. well uh, is the first song we're going to hear needed you now yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. I you'll tell us what it's about, I'm sure. But my <laughs> thought went to, isn't that interesting that at this time in your life, with so much going on, and for that matter, out in the world, uh, we need music in more in more <laughs> ways than we did before. I think even more importantly. So we needed it now, and here yes. it is. But what what was your impetus for writing this song? Um, I think how it kind of came about in my head how it made sense like as far as the concept was um I'd finally kind of found some independence and some like really really validating self-worth and then Mm. and then was sort of resentful at the fact that I fell in love anyway and (laughs) somehow (laughs) needed that and (laughs) all of a sudden um despite all my hard work to avoid it and you know do me (laughs) <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. okay well we're gonna get to hear it live online mm-hmm. here is marina joyce actually with your very first official song right yeah this was the first single that i released mm-hmm. how exciting and that wasn't too long ago so here is needed you now live on the life changes show Like a story, keep turning the page. Don't leave me in the morning, trying to fill the space. Got me going circles with my back against the wall. Catch me when I'm slipping. I don't want to fall into you, but I'm calling, crawling, reaching, trying not to feel it. Didn't want to need somebody like the way I needed you now. And I told myself, don't feel it, but I couldn't stop. I needed you now. No, I never thought you'd be somebody who I would need to have beside me. Will you tell me that you love me and that I'm the one that you need right now? I needed you now. And this familiar yearning burning in my bones. 
feeling so unnerving Bringing me back home Tearing down these walls now Like nothing's there at all Will you be there to catch me? Cause I'm about to fall into you Cause I'm calling, crawling, reaching I'm starting to feel it Didn't want to need somebody like the way I needed you now And I told myself don't feel it but I couldn't stop I needed you now no, I never thought you'd be somebody Who I would need to have beside me Will you tell me that you love me And that I'm the one that you need right now I needed you now Whoa this all that we have say that it's real cause I want it so bad take me and I give you it all I needed you now I needed you now I needed you now Didn't want to need somebody like the way I needed you now And I told myself don't feel it But I couldn't stop, I needed you now no, I never thought you'd be somebody Who I would need to have beside me Will you tell me that you love me And that I'm the one that you need right now Marina Joyce, thank you so much Thank you Oh my gosh, I... I I'm laughing because uh, I I remember when we first talked about this song, I said, are you going to do this song? Which I was hoping because I had heard it several times before, and I'll share why <laughs> in just a moment. And you said, yes, I guess I got it because Tess asked for it too. <laughs> and so Tess Cacciatore uh, <laughs> shared uh, Marina Joyce with us. Yeah. And I had to get I wanted to make sure I had permission to say this because sometimes I know things that I don't know if I'm supposed to say them or not. But I think you know it. You have to know it. Just so Needed You Now is on the end credits of one of the episodes of an mm-hmm. upcoming series, The Right Turn. Yep. That's right as in W-R-I-G-H-T, The Right Turn. So I'm excited because it's the first time we've gotten to talk about the series, which I know <laughs> so much about. But you're in it. I'm stoked, and I'm so <laughs> grateful for Tess. Hi, Tess. 
we're grateful for Tess too. Hi, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad about all of that. And so if you're enjoying Marina as much as we are, you can find her on Facebook. You can find her on Instagram. Look for her at Marina Joyce Music. And Marina is just like it sounds. Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, Marina Joyce Music. So we're going to get to hear another song. But before we do, you know, I loved, uh, I hear this every once in a while, uh, sometimes I hear uh, with people like struggling with, oh, my God, I, I'm this, I'm that, I have to do this. I have but uh, you uh, somehow have found a way to, to like be not only at peace with it, but kind of like this is like you're, you're championing the fact that uh, you started rattling off. I'm like, I have to write this down because the way she's saying it, you're like, I'm figuring out how to be a mom, a nurse, a sister, a chauffeur, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you, a provider. You just went on and on. And I'm like, wow. So when you figure it out, could you write it out for <laughs> all of us who are still figuring yeah. it out? As soon as I get, as soon as I get there, I'll, I'll let everyone in on that one for sure. You know, it's never ending. The list goes on. What, what, what is like one of the things that keeps you going? Well, family, you know, um, my kids and, you know, just watching them become the people they're supposed to be. That's probably the biggest, the biggest forward drive that I have. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so it's interesting because another title of your song. So like, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know why you're laughing, but um, is that because of the title and, uh, it, it seems like, and I, I bet it's going to be about relationships, but <laughs> <laughs> the title of the song is I'm ready now. And it just seems like so much of us are ready for like the, the right turn, the next step, you know, exactly. the, uh, right. So, yeah. um, so I like the idea of the song, but mm-hmm. what is it about to you? Um, <laughs> Well, I, it's you're not wrong. I think you've got me pegged pretty good here. It's definitely <laughs> about relationships, um, but you can you can put it into so many different. For me, I wrote it about a relationship, but it doesn't. But that can be any relationship. It's about mm. figuring yourself out, finding your way, and and then when you're ready, claiming it. Just you know, showing up. Well, I'm ready now to hear this. So we've got (laughs) Marina Joyce live on the Life Changes show online singing her song. Actually, this has never been on radio before. No one's heard it yet. That's right. It's never been on radio. Just just in the living room. Okay. (laughs) So here it is, a premiere on the Life Changes show. Marina Joyce and I'm ready now. I knew it would be you, but I had more life to get. I knew I would see it through, but I wasn't ready for you yet. I learned to wait so I could grow and make some space for love to go. It's only happened somehow If I ever 
Something slip through your fingers time and time again. You did some learning too, and you found your light. And then here comes the day to let it show. It pulls you in and it won't let go. It's only Somehow, if I ever fall down, I know I'll find my way to you, cause I'm ready now, oh, I'm ready now. I know if I feel unsure, you'll be there holding the door. It's only up and somehow. If I ever fall down, I know I'll find my If I ever fall down, I know I'll find my way to you. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Well, if you're ready, to hear more of Marina Joyce's music. Find her on Facebook at Marina Joyce Music. Find her on Instagram at Marina Joyce Music. And <laughs> Marina, I look forward to hearing more of your music uh, all over. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. I'm excited too. <laughs> well, good. I, I believe you. And, and good on you. And uh, thank you for for sharing your journey of music with us as you did tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have been here. Such a pleasure. So all the best to you and look forward to connecting again. Thank you. Ah, big thank you to Marina Joyce and of course to our guest, Dr. Erica Elliott. That is our show on behalf of our executive producer and uh, well, and, and so much more. Uh, Dorothy Lee Donahue and our producer and co-host Mark Lejeure. I am your host Filippo Voltaggio reminding you that as your life changes like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao everyone! You have been listening to the Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7pm Pacific Time 
Visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.